Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And it is the final hour. I'll count you down to LSU and Syracuse. Right here on Tiger Radio WWL. Coming up this yes, hour, sir. we will get familiar with today's opponent as we go behind enemy lines and visit with Orange Football beat writer of Syracuse.com, Stephen Bailey, and also senior writer of TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, will be with us. And we are going to get the final word and visit with LSU coach Ed Ogeron. My weekly sit-down with Coach Ogeron brought to you by Rouse's Markets, official partner of LSU Athletics. And Herb, boy, boy, we've been taking care of good. The boys in the bayou and uh, Doc hooked us up good, too. Oh, yeah, you? Dr. Banks has hooked us Dr. up, Dr. Banks hooked us up, boy, the, the bread pork. and the pulled pork. So, Doc, thank you so much for taking care of us. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. We're getting a little... We was getting a little thin in the jaw area there. We needed something to chew on a little bit. Well, maybe you was. But besides I, I, I besides bumping our gums, so I we needed something. To, I've eaten way too much to eat. To eat on a little bit. <laughs> 260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. Let's kick things off here with a football a scoreboard. And these are games in progress right now. And going to get you caught up, as we said earlier, in overtime. And the battle of the SEC West to see which coach could uh, remain uh, kind of cool, so to speak, or not so much on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And it was Texas A&M winning in overtime in Big D in Arlington. That Jerry Jones, you call it Jerry's World, 50 to 43, premier scoring there. So you got to wonder, uh, Brett Bielema is now he the guy in the West that's more on the hot seat because A&M is uh, even after that disappointing start, they finally won three games. They are three and one, getting set to take on South Carolina. Number 13, Virginia Tech. They host number two, Clemson, next week. They lead Old Dominion early in the third, 24-0. Number one, Alabama, seven. Vanderbilt, zero. That's late in the first. Clemson and Boston College, no score late in the first. Uh, Cal, 3-0 Cal, leads number five, USC, 3-0 early in the first. Mm-hmm. Number 16, 3-0 TCU, 3-0 over number six, Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Number 14, Miami, uh, leads Toledo, 10-0. Uh, Ohio State, Huge day today from J.T. Barrett. Five touchdown passes, 664 yards. The total offense is Ohio State rolls UNLV 54 to 21. NC State knocks off Florida State. The, the, gate, the nose now are 0-2 on the season. NC State's lone loss was to South Carolina. They're 3-1 after beating Florida State 27-21. Louisville is Lamar Jackson. Sets the Louisville touchdown record in school history. They roll over Kent State 42-3. Later, it's number eight, Michigan at Purdue. Uh, Nevada is at number 18, Washington State. Number three, Oklahoma will visit Baylor. Number 17, Mississippi State is at number 11, Georgia. San Diego State, fresh off a win over Stanford. They are 22nd. They're at Air Force. Syracuse visits 25, uh, LSU. Number four, Penn State is at Iowa tonight. Number 15, Auburn's at Missouri. Number 20, Florida is at Kentucky. Number seven, Washington visits Colorado. And Oregon is at Arizona State. Earlier score, South Florida defeated Temple 43-7. 
and Utah defeated Arizona 30-24 to last night as the Utes are now uh, quietly on the season 4-0 under Coach Kyle Whittingham out in the Pac-12 trying to uh, remain undefeated out there with Washington and USC. SEC scores, as we said in the overtime today, it was Texas A&M defeating Arkansas by a score of 50 to 43. That's a look at your afternoon scores. Her. Yeah, so, uh, Kevin Sumlin needed that big time. So he did need that too. Her. We had to pull up the uh, numbers here in a minute to see uh, what the offensive numbers were because uh, we'll see if Mr. Bussy continues to be the leading rusher for the A&M Aggies. I don't and think this game um, no, it it says like uh, Kellen Mond was the leading rusher for uh, A&M, 10 carries, 109 yeah. yards. So uh, also uh, SEC action, Herb, Louisiana Tech leads South Carolina early in the second, 3-0. to zero. Woo, Tennessee fans are going to complain again this week, Herb. Yeah. Tennessee hosts Georgia uh, next week. Today they beat UMass 17-13. to 13. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Sometimes you play down to your opponent, man, you know. Yeah. And, and, if you, and if you can avoid that and play your game, mm-hmm. or sometimes maybe you're just playing your game and, and you're not as good Tennessee as you think you are. Tennessee had a first and ten last year deep in the red zone last week against Florida and passed the ball three straight times. Really frustrating that Tennessee fan base. Yeah, I'm mm. sure. You can't do that. you got to give it a chance. No, you got to run the ball at least you, a you do have to. All right, we'll take a timeout, and then we'll come back. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. Excuse me. We'll visit with Stephen Bailey. He is a writer for Syracuse Orange, as we'll get behind enemy lines today and take a look at LSU's opponent tonight, the 2-1 Syracuse Orange. You come in here with some of the nation's uh, big numbers on third down defense and yes. receiving, as uh, Steve Ismail is the top receiver in the country. We'll get familiar with Syracuse next year. Count you down to the Tigers and the Orange. 605 kickoff tonight on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back to Tiger Radio. Count you down to LSU and Syracuse. Joining us now is Stephen Bailey, Syracuse.com, to give us the latest on today's opponent, the Syracuse Orange, who come in at 2 and 1. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Boy, when you look at this Syracuse team, let's start on the defensive side of the football, where they are some of the best in the country on third down in the top 10, sixth in the nation, allowing just Seven of forty-three conversions, sixteen point three percent. I mean, that's going to be huge today against LSU. That stat, and then also I think the eighty-four yards allowed in rushing. Yep. If Syracuse can uh, get to some of those numbers they've been averaging, Stephen, one would uh, like their chances in the game today. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, I mean, just to, to kind of be clear, this is far and away, you know, their greatest challenge of the season thus far. I'm sure mm-hmm. that doesn't come to comes as a surprise, but you know, they played Central Connecticut State, a very bad FCS team. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, who, who they lost to, and uh, Central Michigan last week. So they haven't faced the greatest of opponents. Um, but if you kind of look at Syracuse's defense in the perspective of last season, uh, it's, it's significantly better, and that's kind of already clear. Syracuse was really, really bad defensively last year, um, particularly up front. Uh, and in the secondary, they're running a Tampa 2 scheme uh, in year two now. And that means a lot of four-man pressures, and they really didn't get any pressure last year. And uh, in the secondary, they lost their starting free safety for almost all last season, last year, and, and basically ditched man coverage entirely. And it, it was just a disaster. There were blown coverages left and right. So this year, it's much better, uh, at least so far. You know, there's increased depth, uh, experience. You know, these guys know what they're know what they're doing a little bit more. They're comfortable in the system. Um, so they've been better on early downs too, and they put themselves in more manageable third down situations. But I, I'm really interested to see today. Um, you know, if they'll be able to get pressure. I mean, that's something they've achieved a little bit over the last two weeks, and they really didn't do it at all last year. Um, so I would expect to see maybe a couple new blitz packages. One guy to watch uh, is linebacker Paris Bennett, number 30. He's been really disruptive when they have decided to bring him. 
Um, and on the defensive line, Chris Slayton, number 95 at defensive tackle, is a really good athlete. I mean, he's someone who can chase down screens and, and go sideline to sideline. He's he's one of probably a handful of guys on this team who, who's probably good enough to be starting in the SEC. Stephen Herb here, man. Um, you you, know, you kind of went into the depth a little bit, so kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Where you know what's the weaknesses and the strengths that those guys have, and um, and where is Syracuse the most deep at, whether it be on the offensive line, defensive line, or secondary, or or whatnot. Which you know, what's your what's your kind of take on whether deep is that? Sure, uh, we'll do both sides for you. So on defensive strength is definitely the linebackers. Number four is Zaire Franklin in the middle is. Just an excellent player, uh, natural-born leader. He'll be the school's first three-time captain since the 1890s. Um, you know, always in the right spot. His, has really adapted his game, was kind of brought in as a downhill guy for, for the old system under Scott Schaefer, who was fired two years ago, and has adapted and learned to be to, to, to be able to play a little bit better in coverage and, and just disguise, um, you know, disguise his drops a little bit. Um, so him and Paris Bennett are both excellent there. Uh, you know, one of the units, both of the lines are kind of concerning, especially from a depth perspective. Syracuse is starting a defensive end, and Alton Robinson, or at least they did last week, who's only been on campus for a month. So he's a Juco guy, and he's got a lot of upside. But, I mean, that, that tells you a lot, right? You, you bring in a guy four weeks ago, and he's already starting. What does that say about who you had on roster? Um, mm-hmm. And then on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, looking at the line, they got redshirt freshmen starting at center and left guard. Uh, two guys who were brought in by this coaching staff, so I think they wanted to get them on the field, but they've never, you know, gone up against anything like this, you know, playing in Death Valley. Uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, loud as heck. They're going to have to make checks they, they probably haven't before. Um, so, so the lines are definitely the concern for me on both sides of the ball. With Stephen Bailey getting familiar with today's opponent, the Syracuse Orange. Stephen, now when you look at Syracuse, we talked about the, the third down defense, uh, Russian defense. But on the offensive side, we look at some numbers. Eric Ainge, and, and the last time LSU faced Syracuse, it was up at the Carrier Dome. Syracuse was having some injury problems at quarterback, and Ainge was in the mix. But, uh, you know, it was unclear who was going to play, who was going to get the bulk of the snaps. Now he seems to be the guy. This is an offense averaging nearly 40 points a game at 38, but they're good balance, 193 rushing, 293 yards passing. And he does a good job of rushing and uh, passing the football. And LSU faced a quarterback like that last week who was threatened both of them but hurt more uh, with his feet. Uh, with that said, let's say today that uh, Ainge, uh, 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 Dungy is forced to uh, use more of his arm. Uh, is it? A lock-on situation with Ismail, he locks on to him. I mean, a guy's catching 11, 13, and 8 receptions. Those numbers speak volumes. Yep. Or does he distribute the ball at a pretty good rate to, to different receivers? You know, uh, it's probably somewhere between the two. So Eric Dungy is, is capable of running and passing. Uh, Steve Ismail's is the number one guy for sure. Now, coming mm-hmm. into the season, I, I expected Irv Phillips, the slot receiver, to kind of be the top target. But... A lot of defenses have played nickel against Syracuse, even in early down situations, and that basically they're they're bringing an extra defensive back on the field to guard to guard Phillips and daring Syracuse to run, which it really hasn't been successful in doing for the most part. There were a couple long games last week that kind of provide you know locals in Central New York with some hope, but they, by bringing in you know that extra DB, teams have really negated Phillips a bit this year. So it's been a lot of Ishmael, and um, you know I I think we're going to see Syracuse do some designed runs for Dungy. Uh, just like Mississippi State and Nick Fitzgerald did last week, they've got a lot of run-pass options. 
you know, Dino, Dino Babers and, and offensive coordinator Sean Lewis uh, will probably dial them up. You know, Dino's kind of told the story last year against Clemson. They took out all quarterback runs. You know, basically they wanted to protect Dungy. Well, he ends up, you know, having to run, getting chased out of the pocket, and, and takes a season-ending hit. So, you know, I think they've kind of learned there's you really can't protect a guy, you know, especially playing against a, a good defense. And, you know, I, I think they saw last week what, what Nick Fitzgerald did. And, you know, I, I have to imagine they're going to dial up some of those same option plays because what Dungy does that most guys can't do uh, is make plays with his feet. I mean, this, this kid is fearless. He's not afraid of taking guys on in the open field. He hurdled Virginia safety Quinn Blanding on the goal line a couple years ago. Um, he's he's going to go for every first down and every touchdown. And look, the guy's going to get hit regardless. So, like I said, you know, why not why not use him to your advantage? Because Syracuse hasn't really been able to generate a running game otherwise. And if you're not running the ball, what's what's stopping LSU from just bringing the heat every down? You know, Steve, you you know you, you kind of went into a little bit about Dungey and a little bit about Ishmael. Um, the numbers speak for themselves. My question to you, you know, because stats can, can say one thing, but the reality is something different. Are these guys for real? Is Dungey for real? Is Ishmael for real? I mean, they'll probably finish in the top five or ten nationally in statistics. They're not top five or ten nationally guys, but they're good. You know, Eric, Eric Dungey is a good quarterback. You know, I don't know if you, you put him top 20 in the country. It's kind of... You know, it's kind of hard to say exactly where he falls. Um, certainly those numbers are partially a product of the, the system and the tempo. You know, if you run more plays, you're going to have more yards. More you, you certainly should. Yes. Um, so it's, some, it's somewhere in between. Steve Ishmael's a good receiver. He's got excellent hands. I think he's a very well-rounded receiver. Otherwise, you'll see him run a lot of timing routes, stop routes, back shoulder balls, uh, bubble screens, tunnel screens. He's strong enough to break a tackle or two, some slants. Uh, you know, for the most part, you'll see him run a fly occasionally, although he doesn't have the elite speed to, to probably get by, you know, some defensive backs. Uh, so a jump ball is kind of more, a little bit more, or back shoulder ball more, what, what he's good at. But the, the, the real issue is, because Syracuse is so young on the offensive line, you can't have long crossing routes and, and dip plays that take time to, to kind of play out. So Syracuse is still, even, you know, in game four, year two of this offense, a little bit handcuffed in, in what it can do. So I, I think, and I think Ishmael in particular, who'd be, who's great on crossing routes, you know, I think that's probably one of the things he does best. You know, they just can't quite use that. So, so they're good players, but, you know, they're probably not as good as, as where they're going to finish in the, you know, individual statistical standings at the end of the year. Stephen Bailey giving us the latest on the Syracuse Orange who come in tonight 2-1 to take on the LFU Tigers. Stephen, thank you so much. How can everybody keep up with you on social media? Hey, anytime, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y-1, and you can read all our stuff at Syracuse.com. Stephen, man, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game this evening. Hey, anytime, fellas. You as well. All right. Stephen Thanks, Bailey, Stephen. Stephen. latest on the 2 and one Syracuse Orange. Defeated Central Connecticut State 50-7 to in week one. Failed to Middle Tennessee in week two, 30-23 to at the Carrier Dome, and won last week at the Carrier Dome. 41 to 17 all three games for the Q's at home this is their first road game and they take on LSU the beginning of a tough stretch for Syracuse as we said as the Orange now after this game will face at NC State who defeated Florida State today then they go home and take on Pittsburgh Clemson and they head to the Floridas to take on at Miami and at Florida State through the end of September October and into mm -hmm. November the Syracuse Orange 
Herb, uh, LSU's defense tonight facing this Syracuse offense of tempo. Uh, wh- what is the best way for them to guard against this, uh, a guy that's versatile like that? And let's say they give up a play. Let's say they uh, give up a play or, or a drive. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you focus? How do you get the mindset is like, okay, this isn't here we go again. This is this week. Uh, we had a couple laps, a few misfits. Let's get it back right where it doesn't have the snowball effect like it did last week. Because, boy, once Fitzgerald got going last week, it was a snowball effect. Yeah, you, you got to forget that last play. You got to move on from it, right? It's a, or the last drive. You can't, you can't allow it to steal your focus or, or your dream of what you what you're set out to, to achieve for this particular game. Um, now, how you stop that type of offense is you got to be just as fast as they are. You got to keep the guys running on and off the field ready and prepared for whatever that offensive play is going to be, whether it be three wides or, or you know, or one wide receiver and, and, and two or three tight ends. So it doesn't really matter. You have to be prepared and, and, and actually speed up your game with them. They're going to try to, like you said, they're going to try to get anywhere from 70 to 80 to 90 plays this game, mm-hmm. you know. And, and what that does, too, offensively, it makes the, the opponent, you know, get tired. So you have to be able to have that depth on the defensive line and then also at linebacker and then also the the DB uh, uh, position so that you can stay focused with those guys and, and, and stay, um, you know, in tune, if you will, with your defensive package and your scheme that you're trying to do. That front, uh, Herb, we've seen uh, Lockator, Gilmore, Lawrence, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey Thompson. And, of course, uh, you know, we'll get to the players that have to sit out the first half of tonight's game because of the yep. targeting rule. But yep. uh, that that's an issue, Herb, on an area to where it's these next couple of weeks – going to be interested to see depth-wise what other bodies come into the game, uh, who can log on to some more minutes because we know currently as of right now LSU's going to have to have some more depth. They're going to have some more players that they can roll in and out, especially if Alexander has somewhat of a hand injury, how much yep. he goes tonight and so forth. So they're going to have to develop something before they get back on the road in Florida two weeks. I think, you know, I think Alexander can, can get past his, his hand injury. Um, I think, you know, I think he's tough enough to play with that. The problem is do you have anybody else behind those guys right. that you that you named that can play even a, a portion as well as they can play. Mm-hmm. So they have to have some sort of a presence when they do come in the game. You have to be able to to make it have some sort of an impact, whether it's, you know, whether it's like call it a second and seven or something like that. Instead of getting a sack, at least you stop the guy, you know, you know they may, they may gain one yard, you know. If you, can, if you can do that and keep the offense behind the chains and uh, not ahead of the chains, then I think you'll have an opportunity to be successful. But, you know, the biggest thing is everyone has to make plays. They have to forget about last week, mm-hmm. Mississippi State. They have to come out and know that they're playing Syracuse tonight, and, and that's it, nobody else. And they play one play at a time. You take it one play at a time, you be successful in each play, and then hopefully at the end of the game your percentage of su- uh, success is a lot greater than your success, you know, your percentage of defeat. All right, we'll talk more about that Tiger defense and also Herb's top three keys to tonight's contest and his prediction before we check out, plus the final word with LSU coach Ed Ogeron, our conversation with him. Up next, senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. But first up, here is a CBS update. LSU and Syracuse tonight. It's the fourth meeting between these two. LSU leads 2-1, to one, the uh, lone victory that the uh, Orange have. They were Orange men back then, mm-hmm. and that's when they were in the Hall of Fame Bowl. They beat LSU in a bowl game. Last meeting, of course, LSU wanted to carry a dome, in which that, that day Leonard Fournette went off uh, up in New York. Yep. And this yep. is the return home and home and away that Syracuse in that 
series. Again, the top news when it comes to LSU, the 2018 LSU schedule was released earlier this week, and Tiger fans have got to be excited about this. But even your non-conference games are exciting. Southeastern from right down the road in Hammond will be here. You know, they'll sell their allotment of tickets. LSU opens the season September 1st at the Advocare Classic against the University of Miami at Jerry's World in Dallas. You come home next week and play Southeastern. Open up conference play week three at Auburn. Then you come home for a couple of games, Louisiana Tech and Ole Miss. Yes, Ole Miss early in the season at uh, the end of September. That's a, a rarity there. LSU will go to Florida in week uh, first week in October and then come home for a very good three-game home stretch. Georgia, Mississippi State, a week off, then Alabama. Then you go to Arkansas. You come home and play Rice, and you end up at Texas A&M. That is a look at the Tigers' 2018 football schedule. Joining that's us, a, that's, a tough, ahead, that's a tough schedule. Right yeah, I'm no, it is. You, it is tough. Joining us now, senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar at B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter, at B-L-D-O-R on Twitter. Brian, uh, just went over that schedule. Uh, Tiger fans got to be excited about that. We've got some good home games uh, coming up in 2018. Right now it looks like a very entertaining home schedule. Yeah, you know, you got Georgia and Alabama both coming in here next year, and along with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the two Mississippi schools. So those are the four uh, SEC games next year. So, yeah, you know, much better home schedule, uh, you know, than this year. Of course, this year's home schedule, you know, Florida, you know, was supposed to be here this year, but because of the, mm-hmm. the change last year with the hurricane, you know, LSU has to go to Gainesville in a couple weeks. Brian, now, Herb and I were talking a moment ago uh, about the defense, in particular the defensive front. Uh, when you look at it, Thompson, Lawrence, Gilmore, Lacatour, uh, Alexander, uh, somewhat of a, a hand injury he's dealing with. Frank Heron is, uh, you know, kind of absent, so to speak. But uh, is it a situation where they're, they're building depth, where they're building depth from? Uh, what is the take when it comes to LSU? Well, I don't know if it's a case of building depth because when you look at it, uh, you have uh, four seniors. You know, if everybody's there, four of the guys are seniors. Lockator, Karen, Gilmore, and DeAndre Clark. So those are four seniors. So throw you're talking about building depth, and you, you throw out those four, who you're left with. So you're left with uh, Richard Lawrence, who's a sophomore. You're left with uh, uh, Ed Alexander, who's a sophomore. And then uh, you have Glenn Logan, who's a redshirt mm-hmm. freshman. And then the two true freshmen, uh, Neil Farrell and Justin Thomas. So that's those are your, you know, those are your younger guys right now. So it's, uh, I don't know, if it's a case of building depth. I think it's just trying to get through with, with through this season. And, and as Ed Ogeron said earlier this week, they they got to sign some some more defensive linemen. And, and he's talked about going the JC route because they need guys who can step in there and play next year. Now they they have the, the kid that's sitting out from Texas Tech, the Hopo who I am sure will be in the starting lineup next year, whether it's at nose or at defensive end. Brian, Herb here, man. How do you see, do you, well, after last week, did you see any major changes in the lineup, starting lineup, or even backup guys that played a lot last week? Um, do you see anything that, you know, that, can, that may be surprising after, you know, kind of what happened last week um, at Mississippi State? Uh, I haven't heard of any anything this week. You know, the only thing, you know, they, uh, Ed said he was going to give uh, Miles Brennan more reps with the first unit in practice, and I heard that that did take place. But, I mean, I don't think he's ready to, to bench Danny Epling at this point. 
Uh, and like I said, you know, wide receivers, yeah, it'd be nice if Drake Davis and, and Stephon Sullivan would come through and be able to make some plays, but, you know, we haven't seen that yet. Offensive line, and there's no other players that you can play. Same thing on the defensive front. And, uh, you know, I think the linebackers in the secondary, more or less, you know, you just go with what you got. You just hope that they're going to play better than what they did last week. Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBay.com, is our special guest, breaking down LSU and uh, Syracuse. Brian, these next couple of weeks, from what you've seen thus far in LSU's first conference game, they're going to go on the road at Florida. Florida is completely uh, irate right now with their with their uh, offense and uh, very upset uh, talking to Florida folks this week. And I mean, you, would, you wouldn't tell that they've won or lost. They've not gotten better, and people are really frustrated over there. But that's where LSU goes in a couple of weeks. Uh, what do you need to see? What does LSU have to improve from that state game over the course of Syracuse and Troy to go out and lead you to believe that they're going to be uh, better and they're going to have, you know, go on the road and try to pick up a big uh, a victory against Florida before they come home and take on Auburn? Well, look, I think that you want to see a dominant performance against both these teams. In other words, yeah. uh, the Syracuse and Troy – uh, following those two LSU plays, Florida and Auburn. Well, look, Florida and Auburn are in a different class than Syracuse and Troy. And LSU needs to not just win or look look, look pretty good. I think they need to come out. And uh, for everybody to feel good about them when they go into those two games in mid-October, they have to, I think they have to come out, step on the throats of these next two opponents and dominate from start to finish. And if they don't do that, uh, then I think you're going to have questions uh, about this team as it, as it heads to Florida because everybody saw what happened when they stepped up in class uh, against Mississippi State. Uh, now, look, Florida doesn't have the quarterback like Nick Fitzgerald, but, you know, look, Florida's defense is plenty good. Remember, Florida came in here last year, banged up on defense and mm-hmm. was a, in effect, and an ineffective offense, and they still came away with, with the victory. So it's going to be... It, that'll be a tough game for LSU. So, look, you want LSU to, to come out, like I said, be in control for all 60 minutes tonight against Syracuse and again next Saturday night against Troy. All right, Brian, LSU and Syracuse, how you see this one coming out tonight, the Tigers and the Orange? Well, look, the, the biggest thing I, I can't explain is, is the Darius Geist situation. Here's a guy that didn't practice Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Wednesday night. Ed Ogeron said he's not playing, and 24 hours later he said, well, he's going to play uh, because Geis went to him and said, look, I feel better. Let me practice. So at least they saw him practice. You know, now, they said, okay, you can play. Now, it sounds a lot like the Fournette deal last year before the Florida game. But, you know, it, it would have been interesting to see LSU's offense if Geis would not have been able to play to see what those other running backs would, have, would be able to do. So we may still see them a lot. I don't know how many carries Sykes is going to get tonight. Mm-hmm. I think LSU will throw the ball well tonight. I think that Hatling will have a good game. I think they'll protect him. And uh, I'm going to say that uh, LSU scores some points and wins this one uh, 37-19. 37-19. Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBay.com. Follow Brian on Twitter at BLDOR, at B-L-D-O-R-E. Brian, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you later on after the, the game. Okay, talk to you guys later.
All right. All right. That's Thanks, Brian. Brian. I'm Dick Bellaway. He's Herb Tyler. When we return, more of Herb's take is keys to tonight's contest, and we'll get our weekly conversation with LSU coach Ed Ogeron. That's coming up next here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back to Sports Talk here on WWL Radio, home of the LSU Tigers. Joining us now is LSU football coach Ed Ogeron. Coach Owen, the Tigers coming off a setback to Mississippi State. Coach, you've had a chance now. Seems like when coaches uh, come out after games, one of the first things they kind of point to, we have to look at the tape. What did the tape tell Ed Ogeron? It's discipline. Uh, better edge fits with our defense, better tackling, high discipline. We let two balls behind us uh, on offense. We need to catch some balls. We need to eliminate the big penalties. Took away two touchdowns. We need to prepare better. Our practices last week wasn't what we wanted to do. I take the responsibility. We're going to get better. Coach, you said that at halftime, uh, obviously you would, you could tell you were upset because of the mistakes that were made, some touchdowns called back. When you're in game like that and you've seen some mistakes made, how do you how do you focus and address the team at that point in time, trying to tell them, okay, we got to correct it, but without getting too down on no. them because you got a whole half of football no, left to play. Tell them settle down, guys. Listen, here's what we need to do to win the football game: eliminate this, eliminate this, do this. Last uh, the week against Chattanooga. We had only one penalty in the second half. Now we come out this half and we had two targeted penalties back to back, what kept the drives alive, ended up in touchdowns. Very disappointed out this one. Coach, when you look at uh, those situations, I know the league has a, a where you can call in and ask. When you review those type of things, do they give you an explanation? Do they yeah. say the players should have been here and there? And how yeah. do you how do you teach use that as a teaching tool yeah. moving forward? You can't yeah. do it this way. Yeah. Some of them are obvious. I can tell them what to do. Those that are questionable, we send them in. Then they come back and they give us uh, an answer to them, and mm -hmm. I tell the team. With LSU coach Ed Orgeron, the Tigers taking on Syracuse Saturday night, 6 o'clock kickoff right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. Coach, with, with the mistakes you made, a lot of them self-inflicted, does that make it any, uh, I don't necessarily know if easier is the word, to, to teach those and correct those mistakes, whether the other team is doing something mm -hmm. they're executing versus you not executing, say, hey, guys, this is what we're doing to ourselves. No question. Everyone was correctable. Uh, we're a good football team. We played a bad game on Saturday night. Our guys will be fired up, ready to go, correct mistakes, and move forward. Coach, a lot of people in the game will say the hardest thing after a loss is waiting those seven days to get back on the field. Uh, I know you don't take any solace in a loss, but I, I know you were talking about a lot of the kids came in on Sunday. They're working. It, it's got to be a little inspiring yeah. knowing that they don't like what happened. Yeah, they're embarrassed. And uh, we have a 24-hour rule. Today we're going to look at, look at what we did. Uh, we're going to correct it, and we, we're going to move on. Press on to Syracuse. After today, we're only talking about Syracuse. Coach, even in a loss 37-7, to there's not all bad. There's some things. What did you take out of it moving forward that you saw that the team did from Chattanooga game to state, some things that you liked? Yeah, you know, I think we, we improved our special teams. Uh, we did some things. Uh, we had some young freshmen playing a big-time game. Didn't do bad. But other than that, they wouldn't play very well. Mm -hmm. Now, Coach, uh, been around this game an awful long time. Take us through the, the earlier days of Coach Ed Ogeron. And one of these stops is upstate New York. You've got a little history with Syracuse. Yeah, you know, I was very fortunate to get a job. I was at Nichols State, which I was fortunate to be there. Paul Pascaloni hired me. We had three good years at Syracuse, a great school, great educational school. I learned a lot of football from Paul Pascaloni. Winding down with LSU coach Ed Orgeron, Tigers in Orange, Saturday night here on Tiger Radio, WWL, a 6 o'clock kickoff here. Coach, now Syracuse, uh, a ball club that comes in, and seemingly what they do quarterback-wise, some similarities between they and state. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that Syracuse does offensively that may be similar to what Mississippi State yeah. did. Up-tempo, dual-threat quarterback, 
create one-on-one mismatches, you know, chuck the ball all over the place, run the re- zone read, run the power, just like Mississippi State. Coach, when, when you're coaching against a guy that is uh, obviously a good player, but seemingly has got that coaching background, like your sons, a lot of other people, Dungy, it's, you can kind of tell, like, man, this kid grew up around football. He seems like he's very smart, got a lot of football skill up top. You know what? We played against him. This guy is good, and he can, he can extend plays with his feet. Makes a lot of great decisions on the line of scrimmage. Check with me. Everything's hurry up. He's a good football player. Syracuse has a long history of, of top defensive standouts. When you see the orange defense, Coach, what do they run? What are some things that they're doing on that side of the football? 4-3 defense. They're only giving up 83 yards per game on the rush, strong against the rush. Uh, they are uh, opportunistic, causing a lot of turnovers, swarm through the football, play very hard. Coach, what, what is your, your, your kind of rule or, or philosophy on penalties? I know some will go 10 penalties, 100 yards, it equals maybe a score or a lesser possession. How do you factor that into a game plan when, yeah. you, when you come in a high volume of penalties and yards? You know, we're going to have penalties of aggression. We know that, but we don't want stupid penalties, penalties that we can stop from doing. And there's a lot of them. We're going to run to our team today. We're going to talk about them. We have referees that practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, educate them on them, and keep on working on them. You find those officials, Coach, are those officials there at each practice or just when you kind of scrimmage and take us through that? No, at each practice, Tuesday and Wednesday, they had individual drills. They're drawing flags. They're writing them down. They're telling what the guy is doing wrong, educating all guys on how to play better. Through these games, Coach, where would you say the LSU football team is right now? We need to find out. We need to find out a lot about ourselves in, in the upcoming weeks because you know, the first two games we played pretty good, but we came up against a good opponent didn't play very well. We need to find out where we're at. Coach, other than the, the penalties that you've talked about, some other things, moving forward, correcting, what are some things on the little short list Coach O wants to see? Yeah. Hey, we need to put this together going into this fourth game. Yeah, we, we need to be 50-50 uh, run pass. We need to have a better short passing game, uh, create some opportunities for Danny to have success early, uh, opening up the running game by the, by the passing game. On defense, we need to tackle better and play the deep ball better against play-action pass. On special teams, we need to cover punts better and I'm sure about field goal kicking. Coach Syracuse in town Saturday night. You're looking at them. What do you need to do to be successful to come out on top against Syracuse this weekend? Play Tiger football, man. Get off cleats in the grass. Play strong defense. Not give them easy plays. Make them earn everything. Come out on the offensive side and be very physical and be solid on special teams. One thing we get a lot of feedback on, Coach, is one of the things you started off uh, when you took over last year after Auburn was implementing the Tiger Walk. And uh, we were here for uh, the Chattanooga game, and I'm with a former LSU great, uh, luckily, Herb Tyler. And we were going and we were trying and we couldn't get around there, and we were going like, man, is this, is this a SEC game or not? You really couldn't tell. Point being is a lot of, lot of former fans, they flock to this, yeah. and everybody feels a part of it. Yeah, it means a lot. One team, one heartbeat. It fires up a team. It fires up us to see uh, the old players coming back. It looked like an SEC game. You couldn't tell the difference. LSU coach Ed Orgeron. Coach O, thank you so much for the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers Saturday night. Go Tigers. All right, Herb Tyler, coming down here 60 seconds, LSU and Syracuse. Your prediction tonight, the Tigers and the Owen. Look, man, I, you know, first thing first, we got to go ahead and uh, forget about last week. We got to, you know, avenge that loss, and we got to become the Tigers of old starting now or the new Tigers starting now. With that being said, I think we come back and uh, we play really hard against Syracuse. And um, I'm looking for a 24-10 to 10 win by the Tigers tonight, man. I don't 
think they'll cover the spread, but I do think they'll make enough plays to win this football game. Thanks so much to Dave Potter back in studio and Todd Jacobs. Check me out on Facebook Live later tonight during LSU and Syracuse. I'm Dick Bellavia. Herb Tyler, take us to the house. All right, guys, man. Look, we're looking forward to a really great night tonight. Everybody enjoy the game and go Tigers! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.